Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro from the NovaCare Complex. One of those weeks for the Eagles coming back from the loss in Las Vegas and another road trip, this time to Detroit on Sunday to play a Lions team that has struggled, of course, but they're playing hard. They're playing physical. They've got a new coach in Dan Campbell. They've got a lot going on for them in terms of building a foundation. We'll talk to Tim Twentyman from the Detroit Lions website in just a little bit here to get the inside on the Lions. Got a great podcast for you. Um, okay, real tough loss in Vegas. Eagles 2-5. and five. Nobody happy about it. Still, Nick Sirianni doubling down on what he believes in that the foundation is being built here, that the, as he said, the seeds are in the ground, the flowers below the surface, developing some roots, and soon that flower will pop out of the earth and bloom for the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of wins and losses. Progress being made. Hey, we all expected some bumps in the road here. New head coach, young quarterback, a lot of young players at key positions. So none of this is especially surprising. Um, For this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, we're going to talk to Avante Maddox, who had his first interception last week in Vegas. His first interception since 2018. He's moved around all over the defense. Played some safety. He's played outside cornerback. Seems to have found his niche in the nickel cornerback slot. Eagles defense looking to take step forward after the tough one in Vegas. Let's begin the podcast, though, our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Some change in the quarterback room. You've heard about the moves this week. The Eagles trading Joe Flacco to the Jets. They get a conditional sixth-round draft pick in 2022. Could be a fifth-round pick, which really would be a great coup for the Eagles. Either way, Eagles getting some value for Flacco, who signed in the offseason as an unrestricted free agent, one-year deal. Howie Roseman turning that into one of the team's 11 draft picks in 2022. Excellent job there. The Eagles also acquiring off of waivers a young quarterback by the name of Reed Sinnott. Played at the University of San Diego. Signed by Tampa Bay as an undrafted rookie a couple of years ago with Miami on the practice squad. So the Eagles looking at him and seeing a six foot four inch big arm kid Good athlete, someone they can try to develop. We'll see where that goes. You always want to take a chance on quarterback talent, and that is what the Eagles have done here. Rick Lovato, a bit of an interesting week. He gets released and re-signed a day later. So he's back as the team's long snapper, and that's a very good thing. Pro Bowl long snapper there in Rick Lovato. So it's been a busy week. Nick Sirianni ready to go against the Lions. And here he is, one-on-one with me. We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Coach, good afternoon to you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the quarterback room. There are some changes there. You've got Gardner Minshew now at number two and Reed Sinnott, who Eagles fans really don't know a whole lot about. So can you tell Eagles fans who don't know maybe a lot about Gardner either? 
what you like about both of these guys? Yeah, we were able to spend a lot of time with Gardner in the in the pre-draft work um, when we were in there in Indianapolis, and so we really liked his his makeup, his ability. Um, then we were able to see him in person twice a year, and he you know he had a couple good games against the the Colts that that helped them help them win the the football game. So we were always we always had our eye on Gardner as far as the type of player he was, um, just being in that division, and then obviously getting an opportunity to get him here. Uh, we were really excited to to have him and uh, him to move into this role of being you know being in this room and 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 backing up Jalen. And then as far as Reed, you know we've we've been we you know you know the league, you watch the league, and you and you see different players play, and you're you're like, well, that guy had that guy had a good game. So tribute, you know, and the and and Howie and his staff are always evaluating and 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 looking at the league to, and for ways to make us better. And so when Howie brought us a Reed, we know we get to watch it. Myself, Shane. Uh, Brian Johnson, we all got to watch his tape, and we all we all really liked what we saw on tape. Big, strong arm quarterback, uh, and so you know who had who had some success. Obviously, had a lot of success in college wise in this position right, that he is right now, but then had some success in the preseason game, uh, preseason games that he this year. So um, excited about the room. Um, excited about you know them being able to work with Jalen and help Jalen. Uh, you know through the grind of the season and helping them out, uh, just like our coaches do as well. Uh, so really excited about this quarterback room and what we have in there. You mentioned earlier in the week that Jalen gets the number one reps in practice. So how does, just for fans who don't know, how does Gardner get up to speed should he be needed in the game? And, and how does Reed learn the Eagle way? Yeah, it's, it's you know, with Gardner, it's just important that he takes mental reps over and over and over again. That's pretty common with a backup quarterback that they have to be ready to go uh, when their number is called, uh, even without getting any of the reps. So it's so important uh, for the quarterback to get the mental reps. And, and you, what you see about what, what you see with Gardner uh, every single day is that you see him in walkthrough. You see him behind the the behind Jalen and walkthrough, way behind. But the camera picks it up of him going through the same steps and the same reads as Jalen. And then you see the same thing in team reps. And so obviously you get them, and then uh, you get them caught. You know, you get them that that live work and that individual in the individual drills. Uh, but that's Gardner's been doing that since he got here, and we really feel comfortable that he's he's ready to step into the role as the, as the backup because he's you know because he is he's worked hard at the offense we know his talents there um, because then that's why he's here in the first place but you know mentally uh, he's he's done a, he's done a phenomenal job of getting himself caught up you know without having that training camp because of the the type of worker he is um, as far as Reed goes he just got he's got to do the same he got to take the same process that, that Gardner did right you know he, has, he hasn't been here he's he got another system in his head he's got to do everything he can do to, to catch himself up we got to do everything we can do uh, as coaches to catch to catch him up um, but just kind of go through the same steps that Gardner did that I just mentioned right here to, to make sure we also have those developmental periods at the end of practice uh, to help them to help our young guys get up to speed um, when and when and if their number is called Nick going back to the game Sunday in Las Vegas that first drive was just so beautiful so perfect how do you bottle that and and have that more consistently is that is that the goal for you yeah of course so you know we've played spurts of good football um both offensively and defensively and so that's what that's the goal is just to be consistent and be you know that's one of our things that we talk about all the time is how do you be the same guy every single day so there's no surprises and that's coaches players everybody you know the consistency you want that because you know as you as you looked at the rest of the drive and, and i'm just saying things that i've already said to the players you know as you look at some of the other drives you get a drive going uh the second drive went going 
going, you know, was backed up. You got going a little bit. The third drive, you're in the, you're out about the the 38 yard line going into to to try to score it again to take a lead, and and it stalls out, you know. And so, what are the things that stall you out and drives? Well, penalties stall you out, turnovers stall you out, drop passes stall you out, uh, negative plays stall you out, and we're all and we all contribute to it. Coaches, players, everybody contributes to it. Um, but you just got to eliminate those negative things that can happen in a drive because those are the things that set you back and put you so far behind that sometimes it's hard to overcome. And so it's the consistency and the consistency happens by not allowing those negative things to happen. The first drive that we had, there wasn't those negative things. You're able to steadily move down the field. Um, so it's eliminating the negative, the, the, the negative things, the self-inflicted wounds caused by the coaches and the players and, and, and just staying ahead and, and, and moving along uh, with the things that you think are working well and, uh, and, and letting the players make the plays that, that they're out there for them to make. If you could give me some football 101 for fans who might not understand this, when a quarterback lines up under center versus in the shotgun, what does that what does that do? What does that mean? It just anytime you're giving the defense different looks, it just forces them to co- to cover different things. So sometimes you do it because it gives you an advantage as an offense. Sometimes you do it to give the unscouted looks to the defense, right? And so you know when you when you do that, like in, let's say you're running a pass play. Let's say you're running the pass play that we were under center for the second play of the game, or third part of I me, mean, the third play of the game to Dallas, right? Well, the steps just the, the action's a little bit different because of where the back is, and your steps as a quarterback's a little different. But it still get to the same depth. You still read it the same way. You're still getting that space away from the, the the offensive line. So it's just different looks to make us more multiple to to defend. And, and sometimes it is just to just to give uh, or just to take an advantage of something the defense gives when when you are under center or in the gun. In a quarterback's young quarterback's development, is that drop back from under center? come along a little bit later since they've been in the shotgun, it seems, most of their college career? You know what? Really, to be honest with you, Dave, like the drop-back game from under center is kind of non-existing. You don't ever really take a drop-back from there, but play-action is because you want that play-action to marry the run game. And And so that's where that development comes. And yes, a lot of co- uh, co- um, college players aren't in the aren't under center a lot. You know, Jalen is a, is phenomenal at the zone read, and he's phenomenal at running the football. So you get an advantage, like when he is in the shotgun, with his ability to hold the backside. So again, you, you just do different things to mix things up and to and to give the defense different looks and and to, and to continue to grow in things that you that you want to be successful at. I know that starts have been a point of emphasis for you, but what does it mean? Only one halftime lead this year. And that was against Atlanta when the offense was just terrific. The defense great for an entire 60 minutes. How much has that kind of hindered the idea of playing great football for 60 minutes that you're coming sure. back? You always want to start fast. You always want to go into the locker room with a lead because the, the, the numbers say that you're, you win more of those games than you lose. So you always want to start fast because, like, there's no secret. Every time you go out there on offense, you're trying to score points. And every time you go out there on defense, you're trying to stop them from scoring points. So you always want to start fast. You always want to, you know, if you have four possessions in the first half and the D- offense has four possessions for the Eagles offense has four possessions and the opposing team's offense has four possessions, you'd love to be up 28 nothing. Um, obviously, 
obviously, but you know, but starting fast is, is super important. Uh, we, you know, I think we're doing pretty well offensively as far as points in the first quarter. We just have to maintain that, you know, in the second and third quarters and play contra- uh, complementary football. You know, we're getting stops, putting points on the board, so we can have that lead and play from ahead like we did in in Atlanta. In the post game against the Raiders, you mentioned the word compete for the defense. Jonathan Gannon was asked about that. What does that mean? What do you want to see moving forward here with this defense? Yeah, you just want to you just want to contest, and and that's that's the main thing. You want to contest. Uh, you know, anytime a, a quarterback's completing, um, you know, 31 or 34, you want to contest, and you do that a couple different ways. Again, that's obviously to our advantage. The ways that we're going to do it, um, because we don't want to let anybody know outside of this building how we're going to do that. Uh, particularly the Detroit Lions. Um, so, but you just you just want to contest the contest the um, the throws in different ways. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, we just want to contest more as a, as a defense, and so that will be a, a goal of ours this weekend. Speaking of Detroit, new coach, new quarterback. What are you seeing from them? Yeah, you just see a team. You don't see a team that you th- that you look at the record. Like if you look at the record and say they're zero and seven, right? And then you watch the tape. It's it's hard to see that because you know you see a you see a well coached team. You see a, a team that plays hard, that fights. Um, this te- the team that has some talent on it. And so you know it doesn't reflect. They don't reflect their record. They've had some tough breaks. And so we know uh, just like any time in this league that you got we got to be on it. We got to be ready to go, and we got to be ready for this, the challenge. That they're gonna they're gonna bring on Sunday, because we know if we're not we're not gonna be successful. So we just have to be on our stuff, and it starts today on a Wednesday uh, when the players are in here getting ready to practice and getting ready to meet and just be on it every single day to put ourselves in a position to win this football game on Sunday. Nick Sirianni, thanks so much. Go to Detroit, bring home a victory, Coach. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Avante Maddox has emerged as one of the key pieces in this Eagles defense, doing a great job as the nickel cornerback last week. He had that interception to stifle the Raiders' first drive. He's been around the football all season. And really, when you look at his numbers, he's approaching career highs already, and we're only seven games into the regular season. So this weekend, he goes back to Detroit, his hometown, and he's fired up about that. He's going to have some family, friends, all present to watch him playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. What a thrill. Avante, one-on-one. Avante, um, getting your hands on the football is always your goal, I guess, right? Like, so, you know, against the Raiders, you got your hands on the ball, your first interception in a while. I mean, can you kind of put into perspective what it felt like to to, to emerge with an interception? I think it was the first one since, uh, for a couple seasons at least. Yeah, I mean, it it felt good. I mean, I I haven't had one since, what, 2018. So it definitely felt good being able to get my hands on the football again. And, you know, once you get on there once, you know, you're starting to itch for it. And, you know, uh, hopefully I can get, grab another one, you know, be able to create some turnovers for our, our offense. Avante, you've moved around so much in your career. It seems like the, sl- the nickel role is really working out for you. Why do you think that is? Is, is, is there a level of comfort that you have? I know mean, you've talked about this in the past, that you really don't care where you play. But at the end of the day here, do you, what is the level of comfort that you feel inside? Uh, it, I feel really comfortable in the inside. I mean, probably more comfortable there than any other position. But like you said, I I, I don't matter where I play at. Um, I'm willing to play anywhere, wherever I'm needed for you know the team. So if that's got to be at the nickel or if that got to be at the corner or the safety spot, you know I'm willing to do that. But 
um, like I said, Nicola, I'm really comfortable at it. And, you know, each and every day, you know, I'm getting better and better at it. And, you know, I, I like, I'm liking the role that I'm playing now. I know we're only seven games in, but, and I look at your numbers, um, they're approaching career bests in several categories. And in some categories, you've already got career best tackle for loss, for example. Do you feel like you're playing your best football right now? Um, I want to say I'm like I'm playing my best football. I feel like I could do a lot of things better, you know, just watching the film with coach and, you know, looking at it myself. Um, I know there's there's plays that, you know, play I make a good amount of plays or whatever, but you know, there's other things that I wanna, you know, keep growing and getting better at as time goes on and you know, as I keep doing the little things right, that'll just make me a great player in the future. Nick referred to you with gritty and with great quickness. Do you agree with those characterizations? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm tough. Um, I pride myself in being tough. You know, being a smaller player out there, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be smart. You gotta be tougher, and you know, I'm great, gritty, like you said. And you know, I pride myself in that. You know, I'm never, never turning down anything when it comes up, when it, when a challenge comes up. Where does toughness come from? It, is it? It's not just your size. I mean, is toughness developed or is toughness born? Um, I'll say it's born. I mean, I've always been tough since I was younger. I mean, living with my dad, my uncle and aunt, um, you know, they always, you know, pushed me to be the best I can be. And, you know, it's always been tough moments, you know, back at home. And, you know, it's actually kind of cool that I'm actually going back home this week. But um, so, you know, just just growing up there and, you know, realizing that, you know, only the tough ones make it. And, you know, coming to play football, you know, I'm always being a smaller guy. And people look at you like, oh, he's just too small. He's too small. So, you know, that, that builds, that builds a, you know, toughness out of you. And, you know, you got to show them that, you know, you might be small, but you're tell you the toughest one on the field. I'm glad you mentioned going back home. You grew up in Detroit. You went to Martin Luther King High School. I mean, how big is it for you to, to go back to Detroit this weekend? Uh, it's huge. I mean, this is this is my first time, you know, being able to play in Detroit. Well, I played at Fort Field many times in high school when we done the championship there. But, you know, just being there playing my first NFL game at home. Um, so it'd be definitely a ride. And, you know, my family get to show up. I'm going to try to I'm going to um, call actually call my high school coach today and see if he him and any of the other, any of the other kids that at Keene want to come up to the game and I get him a ticket there. So, you know, it's going to be definitely going to be exciting. And so this is a chance to, you know, show my hometown and know all the hard work I have been putting in to get where I'm at now. And, you know, hopefully I can, you know, come out with a win and, 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 and you know, keep give show the kids that there's a chance, an opportunity for kids in Detroit to make it out. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like you have an impact with people back home? Uh, I, I I feel I know I I do because there's there's kids you know they hit me and they say yeah I'm from your hometown man I'm watching you I've been watching you I've been watching you and you know when I go back I mean I've been back I finally bought my first house at home and and Detroit so that's pretty nice but you know this is a chance like I said a chance and an opportunity that I can give to the kids at King you know to be able to come out to an NFL game if they want to like I said I'm gonna ask my coach and hopefully he can get as many kids as he can out there so that'd be you no know, step one in doing something and. You know, once time, once things get bigger and, and the COVID slows down, I wanted to start doing camps there and, you know, starting to help around, help out around the city. What is the key to getting out of tough environments when you're a kid? What advice would you have for, for kids who want to have bigger aspirations than Detroit, Michigan? Uh, you just got to have, you know, you got to, 
have a good system, I say, and, and and not just starting with the people. I mean, you're definitely the people around you, but yourself. I mean, you have to know where you want to go, where you want to be in the future, and what do you want to do with your life? And, you know, that's how I took it upon. That's how my family, you know, always told me, like, what do you want to be, what you want to do? And, you know, do you want to be here or do you want to, you know, accomplish bigger things? And I always said I wanted to accomplish bigger things. And, you know, that's dealing with football and just life in general. So, you know, I always had a good support system with my family back at home. And, you know, I had a good friend group back at home as well. And I made sure, you know, I stayed out of trouble. And, you know, when and if trouble was around, you know, I tried to stay away from it. And you know, I just kept busy. So when I was back at home, I, I played three sports. So it wasn't no time for me to get out of high school or get out of class and, you know, hang around, hang around the school facility or go anywhere else because I either had practice for football, baseball or basketball. So it was 24 seven, just doing something, you know, act, active outside of school. And, you know, that kept me out of, out of trouble because I wasn't hanging around the street because I had practice school the next day. I had to go in and get some rest, do some homework, do things like that, make up and just repeat it all again. So, you know, just playing three sports, I feel like that kept me out of trouble as well. Do you look back, Avante, and think of some friends who didn't, who weren't quite as fortunate, and and it makes you really sad to 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 find out what maybe that they didn't, you know, they didn't get out and and kind of miss that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was kids on my team, and you know they they were really good players, and but you know, like I said, you just gotta be around the right group, and you know, you gotta you gotta see what you what you really want for yourself, and you know, like I said, I know I know a lot of teammates back at home that I used to play with back in what 2014 I guess it was and they they just you know took the different route and you know I look back and it's sad but you know all I can say is I hope I hope things are going well with them now you know and, you know only thing I can do is you know worry about myself at this moment because you know I, I was in the same we all had the same shoes we was all in the same shoes from a standpoint of you know being able to choose your lifestyle and choose where you want to go in life but you know, some people take a different route, and I made sure I didn't do that. Avante, let's talk a little bit about Detroit and what you've seen from their passing game and what concerns you have about them on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, good good team. Um, got Jared Goff back there, quarterback, and he, he can throw. He's very accurate. And, you know, just watching them, they have a good, 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 like a little unexperienced. I feel like they're younger at the receiver's position, but, you know, they have some athletic kids there, and, you know, there's no one that we can, no one is that's too much to handle. But you know, we still have to be on our um, P's and Q's and making sure we're doing all the little things right, so we can take a step forward on this team. And you know, that's the big thing. You know, worrying about ourselves at this moment. So as I go look into this game, you know, making sure we do follow all the little details right, and you know, making sure we communicate, making sure we do everything right, so we can walk away with a win. Let's get a look at the Detroit Lions. We know they're 0-7. We know they've got a couple of Eagles on their coaching staff and Deuce Staley, their assistant head coach, running backs coach, Dave Phipp, their special teams coordinator. We know Halapalavati Vaitai is one of their starting offensive tackles. Of course, he was the starting left tackle for the Eagles when this team won the Super Bowl February 4th, 2018. What are the Lions all about? Tim Twentyman. The Lions insider. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, Tim, on Sunday, the Eagles played Detroit. Uh, Detroit's been a really interesting team to watch. New coach, new quarterback, a lot of close games. I mean, what's your feeling through these first seven weeks about where this football team's headed? 
Yeah, you know, Dave, your record is you are what your record says you are, right? And this is, you know, an old seven football team. They're the only winless team in the NFL. But if you watch them, they don't really seem like an 0-7 team, you know? I mean, it takes, you know, a 4th and 19 um, from Baltimore to get into field goal range where Tucker hits a 66-yard NFL record. Um, you know, you go ahead with 37 seconds left in Minnesota, as you know, a tough place to play, and and boom, they convert, you know, two plays down the field in 30 seconds and kick a 54-yarder for the win. And so, you know, they've had these nail-biting losses. And like you said, they've been in six of um, seven games. Cincinnati was the only one that really got away from them with a chance to win at the end. And, and look, this is a young football team, and they just haven't found a way to make those one or two plays at the end of games to, to make the difference in the outcome. And and so you're right, it is an interesting team. I don't think there's, they're as bad as 0-7 but again, you are what your record says you are. Tim, what kind of culture is Dan Campbell trying to create? What what is what are kind of the core values of his program? Well, if you knew Dan Campbell as a player, it, it's kind of the same thing, you know, right? Tough, hard nose, blocking, tight end, right? Old school, blue collar type football, and that's what they want to build here. They want to run the football. They want to be tough. Um, they're going to be aggressive, which you see last week with the, the onside kick and the two fake punts. And, um, you know, Dan Campbell go for it on fourth and one. He's done that multiple times this year. But I think they just want to take on the personality of their of their head coach and their coaching staff. I mean, you've got a lot of former players on this staff. Deuce Daly, who you guys know well over there, and, and Anthony Lynn and Aaron Glenn and um, Antoine Randall L. And there's a lot of former players on this staff. And so, you know, they've been there. They're not going to ask these guys to do anything they haven't done before or haven't been asked to do themselves. And so it's tough, hard-nosed, um, and, and that's kind of the style Detroit wants to play, and, and you see that in some of their games this year. So I look at the Detroit Lions offense. I know Jared Goff. I know uh, that you have a very good tight end in TJ Hawkinson. Offensive line, obviously we recognize Halapolivati Vitae. Don't really know a lot of other names. DeAndre Swift, first-round pick. I know him from Philadelphia. But, like, I really don't know a lot about the rest of the Lions personnel offensively. Is the offensive line good? Are the skill position players young and promising? I mean, how would you kind of characterize that? Yeah, you know, the offensive line was coming into this year as really their strength and and was expected to be football but Frank Ragnow who's arguably the best center in, in football he's done for the year you know he only played a few games and then got turf toe and, and he was done and Taylor Decker who was a top 12 you know left tackle in, in PFF grading last year hasn't played yet because of a finger issue so you know they were really good up front but they didn't have a ton of depth um and and, and so now they're kind of feeling those effects I think they still played well you know you mentioned some of the names there Jonah Jackson um, at left guard, second-year player out of Ohio State. He's played really, really well. And then Penny Sewell, obviously the number seven overall pick. He's kind of slotted in there at the left tackle, and he's settling in nice. So, you know, it, they've been able to kind of patch it together without Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow. Um, but, but you know, they, and they played well there. And, and really the receiver core is where they've been hit. You know, Tyrell Williams was supposed to be their number one. Um, and he had played the first half week one, and, and he's been out with a concussion since. They lost Quintez Cephas, you know, their their uh, second-year player who was really having a nice start to his season. And so that's, I think, been the biggest weakness is they needed guys to step up. Khalid Raymond, who's kind of been a special teams guy pretty much his whole career, has, has gotten an opportunity. And, and, you know, he had six catches for 115 yards last week against Los Angeles. So 
you like to see that. But but really, it's been DeAndre Swift and and, and um, TJ Hawkinson, and, and like you said, Swift, a, a Philly guy. I'm sure he'll be excited about this matchup, but he leads his team in receptions with 42 and receiving yards. So he's really that kind of Alvin Kamara type, you know, Dan Campbell's coming over from new Orleans. You saw what Alvin Kamara did on Monday night football. And I think Deandre Swift is a very similar player in how the Detroit lions use him. And what's Jared Goff been like for you? You know, up and down, you know, he's, he's played well enough for them to win games. And, and they just haven't been able at the end. I mean, I think last week in Los Angeles is a perfect example, right? Um, you know, he's, he's mistake-free all the way through the end of the game. The Lions are down by, you know, six. They're driving. They get to the, you know, Los Angeles 12-yard line, and they've got a chance to win the game. And, and you know, Jared tried to throw us into a tight window, and, and it's intercepted, and, and there's the comeback gone. And so, you know, he leads the league in fumbles. And so I think turnovers have been the biggest issue. Um, you know, it's hard to evaluate him with, with, you know, how decimated they've been at receiver. And, and so it's kind of hard. I think he's been ho-hum, but I think the Lions are, are looking for him to kind of make those plays down the stretch at the end of games that, that change the outcome. And he just hasn't been able to do that quite yet. Sam, on defense, I, all I really know is that Detroit plays really hard. And like you said, they've been in a lot of games. Um, tell me a little bit about the D. Yeah, the defensive front is really kind of their strength. Um, Aline McNeil, um, you know, second round or uh, third round pick, and, and Levi Onzerike, second round pick. You know, two guys that are playing really well as rookies in that interior. And and look, they got Trey Flowers and Charles Harris is having kind of resurgent year, a former first round pick, and um, Michael Brockers is there, and, and Nick Williams. So they're talented and deep up front. Now, they've made a switch. They've gone young at linebacker Garrett Barnes, their, their, their fourth-round pick. He's in there now, and he's playing pretty well, along with Jalen Reese maven and then Alex Anzalone's the veteran in that unit. Um, and, and, and really where the biggest question marks have been is, is the secondary. Um, you know, they've tried to fill that, that Darius Slay role for, for a few years now, and I thought they had one in Jeff Okuda, but, look, he was lost to a torn Achilles week one. And so – um, you know, they're playing an undrafted rookie free agent in Jerry Jacobs on, on one of the corner spots. They just lost their um, nickel corner, A.J. Parker, in, in, with the Rams' shoulder. He's going to be out for a while. So, you know, cornerback's been kind of the, the biggest question mark. They've had to fill it with some undrafted rookie guys. And so, you know, if, if Philadelphia's got an advantage, I think it's on the outside there with some of the skill position weapons, especially with Devontae Smith. Is the return of Darius Slay a big deal at all? You know, I don't think so. Um, you know, look, Darius was, was a terrific player um, and, you know, pro bowl type player. And, and, look, the fans loved him. I think Philly fans probably love him too. You know, he went to the Friday football games here, was really out in the community. And, and from all I read, he's doing the same thing in Philadelphia. I don't think it's like Jared Goff returning to the Los Angeles Rams last week. I don't, I don't get that kind of impact. Um, it's been a few years. And so um, I know I still see some Darius Slagers he's around Detroit. So I know he's – you know, kind of a loved player here, but I don't think it's going to have that, that kind of big deal impact like maybe we saw last week with, with Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford and that saga. Tim, I wonder, you know, Detroit's obviously, you know, been a struggling franchise. I mean, how hungry are the Lions right now? How new, new era with Dan Campbell? I mean, it's been, I'm sure, frustrating not to complete some of these games, but there has been a lot of promise. A, do you think that the team is trending in the right direction? And B, I mean, how hungry is this team to play a struggling Eagles team? 
well, they're hungry. I mean, they're hungry for a win. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. You've, you've been so close and you've had it snatched away from you at the end so many times. And, um, you know, they, they've gone through some tough losses. And so, look, you don't want to be the only winless team in the league, right? And so I think they're hungry in that sense. They have their bye week next week. And I, I, they certainly don't want to go into their bye 0-8. I think that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You've got that whole, you know, week period to kind of reflect on, on how you can't get yourself a win. And so, look, it's at home. Um, you know, Philadelphia is an opponent that's, that's struggled at times. So I think you look at it from Detroit's standpoint, you say, okay, I think that's a winnable game. If, if we just don't make mistakes and we can make one or two of those plays at the end of the game that they haven't been able to make. But, you know, in, in, in terms of the franchise and the fan base, um, you know, look, it, it, it's been tough, but you, you've got new ownership with, with Sheila Ford. Now, some Ford family, but Sheila Ford is a newer owner um, within that family. You mentioned the new head coach and the coaching staff, but you've also got a new GM and Brad Holmes who came over from the Rams as well. And so, look, she, you know, Sheila Ford did an interview last week with, with the Detroit Free Press, and, and she said, look, it's a rebuild. I mean, everybody knew that, you know, but you want to see promise. And, and Dave, what do you look at when – you know, you're going through through a rebuild, right? You want to see some of the young players playing well, and I think Detroit's gotten that. I think some of their best performers over the last month have been their rookie and second-year players, and so that's encouraging. Um, look, it's rebuilding. It's going to take time. You've got to figure out if Jared Goff's the future, if he's a bridge. I think we'll find that out in the second half of the season. And then, you know, you're, you're trending toward a top pick and, and get an impact player. But they're the getting good performance for the young guys. They admit it's a rebuild. And so they've got two first-round picks next year, two first-round picks the year after that. And so, you know, I, I think there's promise, and you can see a future. Um, it's tough right now at 0-7, and, and the Lions fans have been through this before. But, you know, I like what Brad Holmes is doing. I think you love the coaching staff with Dan Campbell and, and that staff that he's assembled. And so I think you see a bright spot. It, it's just going to take a little bit of time to get to the other side of it. And then finally, Tim, it was interesting last week, I mean, pulling out all the stops on, on special teams. Um, is this something that you've done all year? It's something you're going to continue to do? I mean, what, what can we expect Sunday from Detroit? You know, it's funny, Dave. Those are the first fakes we did, they did all year. You know, I think they just kind of saw something, you know, with the Los Angeles Rams, some of the looks that they gave them. Um, Dave Phipps, a, a veteran guy in this league, he's been around for a while, as, as you guys know, and, and, you know, he can get pretty creative, but... You know, it's funny. We hadn't shown anything like that. We'd never done an onside kick, never done a fake punt, um, none of that stuff. And then, bam, you pull three out in the game. And I think the frustrating part is you're successful on all three impact plays and you still can't find a way to win that ball game. I think there was some frustration at the end of that game because those are such impact plays to change the outcourse of a game. It just didn't. But, you know, it's not something I think Detroit's known for. Um It'll be interesting. You know, Philadelphia certainly got to go over that stuff, and it gives them something to look at this week. But it's not, you know, excuse me, it's not like this is a team that's been uh, been doing it all year and been successful with it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how it shakes out and what they decide to do Sunday. Tim, thanks very much. Good luck on Sunday, and should be a really interesting game between two teams that absolutely need a victory. Yeah, for sure. It should be a fun one. Enjoy the trip over. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. Make sure you're with us post-game. Eagles and the Lions, our instant reaction podcast coming your way Sunday night as the Eagles take to the road for their second consecutive appearance away from South Philadelphia. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for their work on this podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every week. Got a big one. It's a big one. This will not be an easy game. The Lions, yeah, we know they haven't won a game, but they are playing good, hard, physical football. They almost beat the Rams last week. They've nearly beaten the Ravens. 
Eagles need to bring their game on Sunday to Detroit. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!